0: hey disney fans looking for the latest disney news
1: and interviews with some of disney's biggest stars well have we got the podcast for you
0: welcome to d23 inside disney
1: i'm sherry from oh my disney i'm Courtney from disney park's blog
0: and i'm jeffrey from d23 the official disney fan club and today we're taking you inside disney hello sherry
1: hello jeffrey
0: And hello, Courtney, wherever you are. She is actually, we know where she is. She is (laughs) working at Disneyland. So, Courtney, we hope it's going well and we miss you and we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. I do want to start today with some news. My role is one of those which has been impacted by the layoffs here at Disney. I have had a wonderful time here at Disney and I hope my journey leads me back here someday. In the meantime, I'm still here for a bit and I'm looking forward to continuing to share the latest Disney news with all of you and you, Sherry. Oh. And uh, we have a lot of news to get to before we get to our incredible guests, Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez. They are epic songwriters. Their new show up here is now streaming on Hulu. It is so much fun, it is for adults. Let me just make that very clear. <laughs> but maybe you know their music from such little things as, oh, I don't know, Frozen, WandaVision, Finding Nemo the Musical. And we get into all of that with them. Uh, but Sherry, we've got to hit on something elemental first.
1: Oh, we sure do. There's a new trailer out there, are four new character posters, and we got an announcement for a short called Carl's Day that's so gonna be cute. playing in front of elemental in theaters this june i don't want to skip over the elemental trailer though that was i mean this movie looks spectacular like pixar unique storytelling world building at its finest so can't wait for that
0: it does look incredible and we've got some other news from a project that a friend of the pod is working on the fabulous michael Hunjan.
1: Yes. So get ready to live out your happily ever after because more details have been revealed about the first story living by Disney community. We've talked about this on the pod extensively with our friend Michael Hunchen before. The Cotino community, this will be in Rancho Mirage, and people will have the opportunity to get a membership for the Artisan Club, which unlocks amenities of all kinds that are infused with the most unique Disney and Pixar touches, like a grand oasis featuring the Par House, which is a gathering space inspired by the mid-century home of the family in Incredibles 2. So that is pretty cool. I can't imagine.
0: Oh, uh, the concept art looks so cool. I
1: know. I know. So cool. So for more information about Cotino, a story living by Disney community, and for artists' renderings that we were talking about and more, check out the Disney Parks blog.
0: Well, until they build my house there, which you never know, that's still a secret dream of mine. Maybe not so mm. secret. I've talked about it here a bunch.
1: You've <laughs> got to put it in the universe.
0: You may be able to find me at sea. Speaking of that, Disney Cruise Line has announced the worldwide destination for 2024, but the one that we know so many people have been excited about and interested in is Lighthouse Point, the new Bahamian Island destination. We talked more about the destination recently on the show, and it was revealed that Next year, on June 8th, the seven-night inaugural cruise to visit Lighthouse Point on the Disney Fantasy is going to embark from Port Canaveral, and it will stop there not once, but twice. So that is amazing. The Disney Magic is also going to be sailing there. And then they're going to mix it up a little bit. Various South Florida-based itineraries are going to make stops between either Lighthouse Point or Castaway Cay. and And who knows, maybe there'll be some that do both. I mean, that sounds right. like a dream to me. A ton <laughs> of other ports were announced and destinations. You can visit our friends over at the Disney Parks blog for all the details.
1: Well, here on the land, ABC has announced premiere dates for new and returning series. Okay, so here's what's new. Jeopardy Masters. This is a three-week tournament hosted by Ken Jennings. And we've got the prank panel, which will feature an all-star panel of prank spurts, taking prank idea pitches from people and seeing them through. So this sounds very funny. And some series that are returning... Include Judge Steve Harvey, The Wonder Years, Claim to Fame, The Bachelorette, Generation Gap, Press Your Luck, The Chase, Celebrity Family Feud, and The $100,000 Pyramid.
0: Wow. That is a lot. Pick up your TV (laughs) guide. Did people still print TV guides? Anyway, (laughs) I would still get it if they printed it. There you go. Something not on ABC, but headed over to Disney Plus and Disney Junior is Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. They released a few sneak peeks for these animated shorts, which uh, debut appropriately on May the 4th. They look adorable. In one, I saw Kai Star. that's one of the, the characters. They activate a test droid. Things don't go as they were hoping. It, it was very cute. So I think that that will be a very fun way to get your little ones engaged with the Force.
1: Well, let's gaze into the future because Disney Channel revealed a premiere date and a trailer for the sixth season of Raven's Home. So it will be back on Sunday, April 9th on Disney Channel and Disney Now, and then it'll be available to stream on Disney Plus on April 19th. So the season begins with Raven, Booker, and Alice traveling to London to visit Victor, where they become entangled in a majestic mix-up because Alice is mistaken for a member of the royal family.
0: I mean, Sherry, I feel like that happens to you like every other day.
1: Uh Every other day. It's just like every other day occurrence for me.
0: <laughs> so very relatable. Sherry Windsor. Yes. <laughs> and, and of course, friend of the pod, Raven Simone.
1: Yes, exactly. Star and executive producer and friend of the pod. That's right. You can check out the trailer for season six on the Disney Channel YouTube page.
0: Amazing. Amazing blast from the past loving this casting it was announced that Paolo montalban has joined the cast of the new descendants movie reuniting mm-hmm. with his cinderella co-star brandy so of course he played prince charming now king charming she played cinderella now cinderella and they <laughs> are reuniting The title's been revealed. It is Descendants, The Rise of Red. Previously, I think we'd been talking about it as the Pocket Watch, but I like The Rise of Red. It sounds very dramatic. So I am sure we will be hearing more about this soon. But you know what we're going to hear about right now?
1: What could it be?
0: We're going to hear about five fantastic things to watch this weekend, presented by State Farm. For complete details and listings, visit D23.com. And remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Jeffrey, what's first? Well, up first is the ghost in Molly McGee. And we know that our pal Courtney is going to be watching it because she is a big fan of that. Well, there is a new season premiere in Saturday, April 1st at 8 p.m. on Disney Channel.
1: Also on April 1st, new to the Hulu library, Bend it like Beckham. I love this movie. My mm. brothers and I can quote basically the whole thing. I'm not even a soccer gal, but when I watch this movie, I really want to be a soccer girl. <laughs>
0: oh, I love a little Kira Knightley.
1: Oh, yes. Who doesn't? And on Sunday, April 2nd, we've got a new episode of American Idol at 8 p.m. on ABC. And it is Hollywood week. So get glam. Get ready. <laughs>
0: Nice, nice. Well, also on Sunday, a little bit later at 10pm, why not catch Milo Ventimiglia in a new episode of The Company You Keep, also on ABC. Also, it's a TVMA, so no children on that one, please. Also on Sunday at 10, perhaps if you don't want to watch Milo Ventimiglia, although I don't know why that would be, you could watch (laughs) Fantastic Four, the 2005 version of that, from that fabulous Marvel film on FX, starring, of course, now known as Captain America, Chris Evans.
1: Friend of the pod, too.
0: Friend of the pod, Chris Evans. I forgot. My gosh, how could I forget that? I know. Onto our guests who have written some of the most iconic songs for Disney over the past 20 years, including Remember Me, Agatha All Along, Into the Unknown, and of course, Let It Go and Go with the Flow. I'm just going to throw that one in there too. <laughs> they are back with a new incredible musical, somewhat adult themed series on Hulu up here. Please welcome to the show the fabulous Kristen Anderson Lopez and Bobby Lopez.
1: Woo-hoo! Yay! All right. Well, let's get into it. So we are here talking about Up Here. You initially thought of this story 17 years ago. What was the idea back then and how did it evolve?
2: Well, it started in the class that I was in. Right after college, I took this musical theater writing class, which is coincidentally where I met Kristen. Oh, they were sort of telling us what stories are the best stories to make musicals out of, what stories sing. And so they said, try and pick a setting that's long ago and far away. Because in contemporary life, everyone knows you and I don't break out into solo. And then they said, when choosing your main character, really try and choose one that is extroverted and has an external goal and external obstacles that they have to face in order to attain the goal, and someone who very much knows what they want. I understood why those are all good rules for making musicals, but it kind of disappointed me a little because what I really wanted to write was a contemporary story about a complicated character with lots of conflicting feelings much like myself and so that's where the idea was born what if we took the world of a character's mind and externalize it and set the musical there so that all these internal obstacles would be dramatized on stage that's as far as i got with it until kristen joined me on it wow
3: i thought well every musical needs conflict and nothing brings out your need to grow and get past those internal obstacles more than meeting your soulmate, because your soulmate kind of holds a mirror up to you and says, like, be your best self. You want to be your best self so that you can be worthy of your soulmate. And at the same time, you realize, like, oh, you have to get over all of this junk that keeps you from connecting and feeling worthy of your soulmate. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that would be a good
1: place, a playground for us to play in. Well, Bobby, you say that in contemporary times, people don't break into song, but I think Jeffrey would beg to differ. Uh, (laughs) It's uh, only a matter of time.
0: I mean, she's been with me for nearly 200 episodes of the podcast. She knows I can break into song at a moment's notice.
3: Well, and so do we. We're definitely a break into song family at all times.
0: My people, my people. (laughs) You wrote 21 original songs for the series, which is a lot of music. Now, did you start on that? back 17 years ago when you were ideating on this or did you feel like you wanted it to be more of a sure thing before you really put pen to paper
3: oh well during those years between like 2006 and 2015 we wrote a whole other musical we did use like maybe a couple of motifs and one cut sign from that but everything that you're going to hear is written probably in the last 18 months Once we really cracked the story with the brilliant Stephen Levinson, whose credits include Tick, Tick, Bloom, and Dear Evan Hansen, he's one of the best librettists of our time, and Tommy Kale, who's the director of Hamilton, those two minds really added to the story we were telling. And so I thought it was 18, but I guess with like some of these other little ditties that we call them, it's 21 songs. They're almost all exclusively from that story and inspired by that story. Wow. Wow. Yeah,
2: it was uh, written in a short amount of time. And Honestly, it was a lot of fun to be rolling that fast because we generally like to take our time, but it's kind of fun to kind of just go.
3: I'm sure. And we had a writer's room full of some of the best comedy writers today, and it was almost like group therapy because we started with, like, what are the voices in your head or what are some of the more embarrassing stories where you had a big giant feeling that made you make a terrible decision Mm. you know we sort of got all of our inspiration for our characters and also the head characters from that brilliant funny writer's room
1: wow amazing okay well does the show mirror your romance at all is there anything you pulled directly from your real lives and your story
3: (laughs) the
2: show is not about us and that's (laughs) not our story almost (laughs) at all with almost none of the details are (laughs) from our lives but no tears no tears bobby no tears tears. none of that no i mean (laughs) i cry a lot but not in that particular scenario (laughs) but i do think that we put ourselves into everything we do and there's a little bit of you know of Kristen and anna we certainly kind of put some of our personality traits into the characters
3: and a little bit of bobby
2: oh you could say the same of of stephen and right danielle and all the writers that represented endless characters
3: And there's a little bit of Bobby and Elsa. So
2: I thought that was just clear.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there's certainly, you know, things that we care about, struggles that we've had. I've spent my whole life trying to get rid of this people-pleasing, limiting thing that I do that served me really well in my childhood. You know, learning how to get praise and get A's and learn how to anticipate what people expect of you and then live up to that got me through a lot of life but then at a certain point and especially when you are trying to like i said sort of be worthy of your soulmate that that needs to stop and you need to sort of figure out like what's the truth Mm -hmm. of me what is my true story not someone else's story so Mm -hmm. our main female protagonist is kind of on a journey of authenticity and becoming who she truly is instead of what people expect her to be and Certainly with the male character, with Miguel, he's struggling with things Bobby struggled with, including what it's like to be not white in America and not know where you belong, really. Not know if you're this or that, and you sort of feel like no matter what, you're always an other. Uh, And we had the voice of that. So there were serious things we explored as well as like really funny, weird things we explored.
0: (laughs) Speaking of serious and funny and weird, your Disney career, it's everywhere. It's amazing. I did some deep Googling, though, and I did not realize, if this is accurate, that your first Disney project was writing songs for Bear in the Big Blue House. Is this true?
3: (gasps) This is true. We did this so that we could see more of each other when we were dating because Bobby was working like at night. And I was working at a school in the Bronx during the day. And so in order to in order to see each other, we had to say like, hey, let's work. Let's make some money. And we'll also write a song. Ah,
1: that's so fun. I love that show. Okay. Well, Finding Nemo the musical is one of my favorites. And I love the updated version that opened last year. Pixar at the time was obviously not known for their musicals per se. So how did this come about?
2: Well, I think it started with Kristen, really. You want to talk about that, huh?
1: Sure.
3: I got a call from the DCE folks, Disney Creative Entertainment. I had written this thing called Oedipus Acapella, which was a 10-minute retelling of Oedipus for an acapella group. they were like, we heard you're good at condensing things. Can you write a small musical for Lucky the Animatronic Dinosaur? And then the next day they said, scratch it, we're not using Lucky, but can you condense Finding Nemo into a treatment for a 45-minute musical? And so I went right to my computer and kind of created the architecture of what that would be. And then that treatment got greenlit and they said, do you have a composer you like to work with? And I was like, well, I just got married to this really cute guy who just won the Tony for Avenue Q. And we work together sometimes, like, is it okay if I approach Bobby for this? And they were like, oh, that's more than okay. That's fine. <laughs> so it was really the first longer length musical that we worked on together just as we were having our baby
2: yeah it was our first big project what was great about it was a we loved fighting nemo it was sort of our favorite animated movie of all time up to that point point. and we got to pour our feelings about the impending parenthood that we were about to experience into all of these songs for finding nemo and kristen was pregnant with katie While we were recording the demos for most of these songs, she grew up listening to it.
3: Oh, yes. (laughs) Well, right. Like an hour after Katie was born, they brought her in and I held her. They say to make them hear the sounds that they heard before. So we had been working on Go With The Flow for like two or three weeks. So I just like sang her Go With The Flow. That was like the first song I sang to her because I had been singing it for like three weeks while she was in the womb. We're waiting for her to come out.
0: Oh, wow. Cute. Aw. Pixar, you went on to write the Academy Award winning Remember Me for Coco. Do you have a favorite memory from working on that film?
3: There were so many. There were a lot.
2: That song always was in every version of the script that we read and every version of the movie that they made over the development. When we wrote it, it just always made everyone cry in the audience. It just worked. And it was not because of what we wrote necessarily, but because they had imagined the different versions of it so well, what it is when Ernesto sings it and what it is when Miguel sings it and Hector. So I just remember the first table read, they brought in a bunch of actors. We all sat around the table. We don't always do this, reading the script around a table. And then we would press play on this inbox when the songs came up and just realizing like, oh, this is going to make people cry, love it. <laughs>
3: Wow mm-hmm. I just remember the first time I saw what how Lee had directed it, directed the moment where Nanakoko sings it with Miguel and just being so blown away the animation could be that beautiful and specific and emotional. And every time I watch it, I'm just so honored that we got to work with such incredible animators and a director that brought our music to life like that
1: that's the pixar way well non-pixar but we can't not talk yes. about winnie the pooh the movie is so adorable and Kristen, you got to voice kenga oh yeah so and work alongside greats like richard sherman what was that like that
3: was incredible i also <laughs> like to joke that kenga says like hooray seven times in
0: you do it very well <laughs> so though
3: whenever anyone is like <laughs> You play tanga. I'm like, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> that was such a fun job. We also got that job right after our second daughter was born. And we wrote honey, 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 honey song when she was like two weeks old. But we were up and awake anyway. And we were like, let's just write this song. Getting to keep my career going like that at a time that I felt like, oh, this might be the end. Like, I've got two kids now. That was a gift. But also, you know, working with John Lasseter really directly for the first time, seeing how the animators would take our songs and they would give us some images. We would raise the sun and then they would riff on like the chicken and the egg with the animators it was such a cool mm-hmm. thing to learn. And I never want to stop.
2: I agree. Yeah, the Baxon song, all they gave us for that was this picture of a Backson and some ideas of what maybe the Baxton did. But they really, all they said to us was like, there's a preacher called Baxson. It really means back soon, Christopher Robin, go. So we wrote this whole song and to see it all come to life was pretty amazing. It was like writing two pictures,
0: writing a song to pictures. Wow. Then a little movie called Frozen. Of course, now it's a cultural touchstone, but what is the most surprising place you have each heard Let It Go? Well, we were together when we heard it
2: in a very strange place. It was after the Oscar in 2014 and we took our first trip to Sedona, which is a place we've gone back since many times because we just love the Red Rocks. We wanted to get away from it all. We had our kids with us and we were hiking in the desert up to one of these spectacular Red Rock vortexes. We thought we were alone, but all of a sudden we heard someone singing Let It Go in French. And then they came over the ridge and there they were. It was a family um, hiking and singing Let It Go in French.
0: And they had not been following you and realizing who you were this
3: whole time. (laughs) No, no, they didn't know. Not at all. People
0: don't Mm -hmm. know who we are.
3: No, no one ever knows who we are. Not to jump ahead, but the other time that happened was in the pandemic. We hadn't seen people. We were out in Connecticut. We were very lucky to be in Connecticut for a lot of the pandemic. But this isn't the height where like, nobody was seeing anyone we weren't talking to anyone, and once again we were hiking deep in the woods, mm-hmm. and I heard a little girl go like, "Where the North Wind beats the sea, there's a river. like and sang the whole beginning of Frozen Two. Again, there's this really interesting thing when you get to write for Disney that your songs can surprise you coming from the teeniest little people. <laughs> all over and they are people who will just spontaneously break into song all the time. Jeffrey's people.
2: (laughs) True. Jeffrey's people. the teeny -tiny -tiny tiny
1: Exactly. Well, so a few years ago you were working on Gigantic and we know that projects don't always move forward. So when that happens, are you ever able to take your work and use it to reinterpret it for other projects or does it inspire your future work? How does that work in your creative process?
2: That's a really interesting question. We actually did, luckily enough, we the songs went back to us after Gigantic. We cleared it with all the leakableness of it, and we realized we were allowed to use them. We haven't used many of them, but we did use two of them. One <clears throat> we used in this show called WandaVision, a little a ditty that we wrote for Gigantic, and we just took the tune and the chords, and it became, We've got something cooking at it. Look and good. good. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that, that's from Gigantic. Mm-hmm. And um, also there's a song called.
3: These are your rights. The These Bill are your rights.
2: Right. And it's from a Netflix special. Uh, the Obama's produced.
3: Called We the People. Wow.
2: Adam Lambert oh, sings wow. it and it's animated with, in this really cool style. And that is from a song from Gigantic called Head in the Clouds.
3: Head in the Clouds. Wow. Head in the Clouds. Head in the clouds. I love yeah. it. but where, As he was climbing, climbing the beanstalk.
2: Yeah. But it was better in Zygapha, I think.
0: <laughs>
3: Yeah. We're
0: actually down to our last two questions, and I want to make sure that we hit on these both because you mentioned WandaVision, which is a massive fan favorite. The music is incredible. With WandaVision, you have now done the trifecta of Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar, and Marvel. We are waiting... Is the quad facto with Star Wars coming?
2: Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I know, right? Where's the Star Wars? I mean, look, I've got, i got. Oh,
0: yeah, the posters.
2: New Hope, oh. Empire, Regina. I am a Star Wars maniac. So, yes, I would love for that to happen. One day.
3: It's not for lack of putting it out there. Bobby has let every director who works for Star Wars know how much he loves <laughs> Star Wars.
1: So it's exactly. just a matter of time. out in the universe or so. out in the galaxy. So we'll be waiting <laughs> for it. Okay. Well, we are sadly <laughs> at our final question, which we ask all of our guests at the end of every interview. What is your favorite Disney memory? I'll go. We were working
3: on finding Nemo the musical down in Orlando, and our daughter was all of 18 months old, I think. But we had to basically live there for like three months. And
2: she really thought she was a princess. Like that sunk in as a part of her identity.
3: <laughs> it did.
2: I'm a princess.
3: She was like every day there was always like a princess or a furry woodland creature coming up while she was eating her cereal or whatever. But it was this moment when we went to the parade at night and there was this swell of me beautiful music and Bobby had her on his shoulders and the lights were going, and it was all magical. And she just was like, I love you so much. And we truly had, like, the Disney Parks commercial experience. (laughs) Bobby was, like, weeping. I was (laughs) crying. It was really, truly one of those magical moments as a family.
2: That was the one I was going to say, too. That's mine as well. (laughs) And ever since then, anytime we ever walked into a Disney store or anything like that in New York
0: City, we were like, Feels like home. Oh,
3: these are my Disney friends. <laughs> these are my Disney friends.
0: <laughs> well, we are so, so happy that you are a part of the Disney family. And congratulations on Up Here and uh, Frozen 3. We're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. We hear it's a coming. So they <laughs> say. Thank you so much. It's been great to see you both.
3: Thank you. you. Too. Thank you.
0: I love their stories. I guess it's not surprising they're great storytellers since their songs are all stories. It's
1: true. It's true. Oh, what a delight to talk to both of them. I know.
0: And I, I just want to hear Let It Go sung in random places now too. I mean, I <laughs> often do. sing Let It Go in random places. So
1: there you go. <laughs> well, thanks again for listening to D23 Inside Disney. Don't forget to like and share this episode wherever you listen or subscribe. And if you want to chat with us, hashtag D23 Inside Disney.
0: And for all the latest Disney info, check out D23.com. We'll be back next week with more Disney news and a fantastic guest on an all-new episode of D23 Inside Inside Disney. Disney.